This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Sacramento United Methodist Church, July twenty third, two thousand and twenty three. The message is, "Heroes of the Faith," Esther, based on Esther three thirteen, and four thirteen to seventeen. Would you join me as I pray? Loving, gracious God, we come this morning seeking to abide in your presence, seeking to be guided by your word. Oh God, open our minds to your spirit of wisdom that we may know how to live as your people and follow in the steps of Christ and those who lived faithful, faithfully before you. O oh God, open our hearts to your spirit of truth that we may grow in the knowledge of your grace. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. So one of the exercises I do with, with the new members is to work on a life map. I ask them to identify three high points and three low points in their life journey and mark them on the paper with colored pencils. It's a fun activity, but it's also a difficult one. Identify, identifying three mountaintop experiences and three uh, valley experiences is not an easy task since you have to sort out so many experiences and events and memories in life. You know, these are significant events or experiences that shape and have made a profound impact on you and the people around you. We call them defining moments. Defining moments because they shape our character, our value, our beliefs, and our future trajectories. Through this exercise, I invite them to have an opportunity to discern where God was in those defining moments as they are getting ready for another defining moment as Christians to join SUMC and commit themselves as a member of this beloved faith community. Sometimes the work of God seems more obvious and tangible, while other times, not so much. You may even feel like God was absent there. As a pastor, I find it privileged to hear about their life stories that are full of hope, joy, adventure, grief, and even heartbreaking memories and traumas. What's fascinating about this exercise is that it helps us realize those defining moments define not only who we are and what kind of person we are, but also who our God is and what kind of God we trust in our life journey. In today's scripture reading, we encounter a story of Esther who faced a defining moment of her own. Esther was a Jewish woman who lived in Persia. Her name, Esther, has a, a Persian origin meaning stars. Stars. The story took place during this period following the destruction of the first 
holy temple in BC 586. BC 586, when many Jews had been taken as slaves to Babylonia, a period known as Babylonian exile. And later, many, uh, you know, this Roman Empire, uh, I mean, Babylonian Empire was overtaken by another superpower, another empire called Persia. And they became the superpower in the, in the ancient Near East. If we were to treat the, the Israelites as an individual and plot their trajectory on a life map, they would, indeed, they would indeed be so many low points, primarily caused by the rise and fall of these superpowers, these, these empires in the Near East. The Hebrew Bible, in this sense, is a collective stories and testimonies of how God worked through those moments, how God's mighty hands created them, called them to be his people, and delivered them from their perils and crises. The story of Esther portrays one of those defining moments for the Israelites, the Jewish community in exile. And here's what happened. In the Persian Empire, a man named Haman held the position of the second in command. He was the second powerful man in the empire. And he made a plan. He devised a plot to, you know, uh, destroy all the Jews. His um, hate originated from his rage against Mordecai, Esther's cousin, who refused to kneel down or pay him honor. But Haman's hatred not only intensified over time, leading him to plot the destruction of Mordecai's people, the Jews. Now it's directed not just toward Mordecai, but toward what Mordecai stand for, the Jews and the faith they, that they had, the devotion to God as the only authority worthy of worship and reverence. Mordecai uncovers a conspiracy and informs Esther about this evil plot. And now Esther is faced with two choices. As James Arthur Ray put it pointedly, in your life-defining moment, you either step forward in faith and power, or you step backward in fear. Stepping forward in faith and power or stepping backward into fear. What's interesting about defining moment is that sometimes we recognize their significance as they are happening to us. In those instances, we are aware that our lives will never be the same after experiencing them. We realize that time will be divided into you know, before this moment and after this moment. However, it's important to note that many defining moments don't come with a clear label. You know, announcing themselves as such, you know, here I am one of your defining moments. Good to see you again. Instead, they often unfold subtly. Many times we only recognize these defining moments in retrospect, when we look back 
and realize, oh, that was the defining moment for me. We reflect on how they shape and molded us into who we are now afterwards. One of the reasons is that this defining moment may initially look trivial or insignificant to us. Well, at least that's how we want to treat them or process them out of fear or lack of vision. Sometimes we don't want to see and acknowledge them as defining moments because it would require us to step forward and face them. One of my favorite water activities is flowing um, down a lazy river on a tube. How many of you like that activity? Yes, a lot. Drifting along with the current, you just don't have to worry about where to go. It's peaceful, stress-free time. You don't, hate, you don't have to fight the current, though that's not the case with children. You know? you know how creative they are in finding a way to make things extra adventurous and fun. But most people just go where it leads them. Sometimes our lives are just like that. You know, we just, go, we just want to go with the flow. You just don't want to make trouble. You just don't want to resist the current. It's our human nature to, to choose comfort, safety over taking a risk, and standing up for what is just and right before the eyes of God. But what happens as a result of this passivity? Just let, you just let life happen to you. You just let the moment define you rather than defining the moment you are faced with. Up until this point in her story, Esther has been somewhat passive. We, you know, we didn't read the entire story today. I hope you can read the entire uh, a book, of the, a book of Esther. But when Esther heard of Haman's plot and Mordecai's request, her immediate response was fear. Esther hadn't seen the king in 30 days. In verse 11, she told Mordecai about the law that a person approaching the king unsummoned can be put to death. So if you go, go uh, approach you know, uh, the king when you are not called, you could be killed. And Mordecai responded to Esther's fear with the best known verse in this book. It tells her that she isn't even safe in the place. And if she did not act, salvation would come from somewhere else. And he ends with a pointed question. He asks, who knows but that you have come to your loyal position for such a time as this. Such a time as this. Friends, do you know that when God grants you a certain blessing, it comes with the privilege of being a steward of that blessing. When you are given time, talent, and treasure, it's not just for your own sake. You become a channel through which God's blessing flow into the life of others. That's what God wants you to do. Whether your business is running well, your work is flourishing, or your influence is growing, that's a great thing. Or you have experienced God's healing. Remember, 
that you have come to that place so that God's purpose may be fulfilled through you. The Mordecai reminded Esther of this crucial truth when he mentioned that God blessed her to be in her position for such a time as this. Upon hearing Mordecai's warning, Esther is faced with an important choice. In verse 15 through 16, she responds, Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for thee three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. What is she doing here? Esther is calling them to fast. She's asking the Jews to fast in such a critical moment, and that's the first action she takes. And I believe this is one of the crucial qualities that makes Esther stand out as one of the uh, biblical heroes. Why fast? Then why fast? Why is she asking the Jews, his fellow Jews, to fast? And why is she fasting with them? In the scripture, a fast always accompanies a prayer. As you know, Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness before beginning his public ministry. Fasting itself has been a form of prayer for the people of God. It's an expression of our total reliance on God's provision. It's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of deep trust. And now Esther requests them to fast and pray for God's help on her risky mission. Facing the defining moment, she knows that she needs God's strength to accept and confront the situation as a defining moment. So she won't simply let that happen to her. She understands the need, she needs God's vision to discern and follow His leading so she won't just go with the flow. Or she knows her current position, she seeks to discern where God stands in all of this. Well, let me see what I can do with my power and authority. I will find a way to save my fellow Jews. That wasn't Esther's approach. As she moves forward, she wanted to take it to the Lord by fasting. And asking her fellow Jews to fast with her, pray with her. She knew God would be the source of her power on a mission to save the Jews. I'm sure many of you have heard about the cycle of action, reflection, especially for those of you in teaching by uh, profession. I want to invite you to think of a word or phrase that represents something you have done to make our world or our community better. What is something that you have done to make our world, our community better? Think of one word or phrase. And then consider what you learn from that action. Now consider how or whether what you learned from this action led to a subsequent action. Our life and our ministry 
grows based on this cycle of action and reflection. That's what we do on a regular basis, on a daily basis. But many times we tend to forget one of the important steps. Keep doing and doing and doing without reflecting. The same is the case when we do our missions and work for God's greater purpose. Even though it's a well-intentioned, sometimes doing without reflection might cause more harm than good. Steve Corbett wrote a challenging, thought-provoking book entitled, When Helping Hurts, How to Alleviate Poverty Without Hurting the Poor and Yourself. Very interesting title. And this book offers insight and guidelines for individuals and organizations, including churches, to engage in poverty alleviation in ways that are respectful, empowering, and truly helpful to those in need. They're truly beneficial to the people they seek to help. And here's a quote from um, this book. We're not bringing Christ to poor community. He has been active in this community since the creation of the world, sustaining them. Hebrews 1.3 says, By his powerful word, hence a significant part of working in poor communities involves discovering and appreciating what God has been doing there for a long time. You know, discovering, appreciating what God is doing, especially in some of the worst situations of life, requires reflection and discernment and prayer. And Esther took that step. She took that step. What's unique about the book of Esther is that there is no mention of God. Many biblical scholars and commentators were puzzled by the fact that God seems to remain implicit in what's going on. In its biblical account, God seems to stay in the shadows. Perhaps that's how the Jews might have felt facing this communal crisis, facing this defining moment. In a situation where God seems absent, Esther calls for fasting, calls for prayers. Like her name in, in Persian term, she illuminated the light in dark times of her people. The stars, like stars, she illuminated the light in times of darkness. And that was the first action she took that would lead her and her people to reflect. Reflect on where God is in their defining moment. And discern where God is leading them and see how God's helping hands are at work. Friends, one thing I would like to challenge you with this morning is to make prayer intentional part of your service and mission work. It's a great thing that you uh, give your time and dedicate your energy, your resources to do God's work. Especially when reaching out to those in need or facing troubles. Make a prayer intentional. 
Before you go to serve someone, take the time to pray together as, as a group. Take a moment to pray together. Make it intentional. I'm not asking you to fast for three days here. But pray with the same eagerness, earnestness as, you, as if you were fasting. If it's not possible to pray together, pray individually. Pray saying, Lord, fill me with your blessing. Fill me with your strength so I can be a blessing to others. I'm only a vessel. You are the source of power. You are the source of deliverance. Friends, if you find yourself living through one of those defining moments right now or witnessing somebody going through the defining moment, or especially if you're currently experiencing a time of pain or grief, I hope and pray that you allow God to speak to your heart. Christian writer and thinker C.S. Reese once called pain God's megaphone. God's megaphone. It's not to say that God is the source of your pain or suffering, but rather that God is the one who speaks to us through those defining moments very powerfully. Defining moments are inevitable in our lives. But remember, there are opportunities to discover who we are. These are the opportunities to discover our faith. And these are the opportunities to reveal the hero or coward within us. Make the critical decision to move forward or backward. So friends, what choice will you make in these moments? Let us pray. Loving, gracious God, we come to you this morning asking for your strength and courage as we move forward, as we give ourselves to your purpose. Like Esther, we want to take action, but before taking action, we also want to discern where you are, what you are doing in the midst of it. Give us your discernment. Give us your vision so we can see your sustaining, powerful presence with us, even in the midst of pain and suffering that we are going through. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.